welcome to Whatever It Takes, a podcast about Degrassi, the next generation. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Holland. And today we're talking about season four, episodes one and two, Ghosts in the Machine. And Kelsey, will you please read us both parts summaries? Sure can. You guys, welcome to season four. Okay. Season four begins with Paige, Spinner, Marco, Jimmy, and Hazel entering grade 11. Spinner buys a car with the money he's earned at the dot, and Paige receives a summons to testify at the trial of the guy who raped her. Part 2. The pressure of the trial, combined with confronting Dean, sends Paige into a destructive downward spiral. Craig receives a generous 16th birthday present from his late father, who, which causes a rift between Craig and Joey. I mean, I mean it's, it's not inaccurate. It's just like all of these summaries oddly phrased um season four starts with and then they like begin to describe the first scene and and then nothing else also was craig turning 16 or was he turning 17 because he's in grade 11 and i feel like you turn 17 in grade 11 like he can already drive right am i wrong about that i don't know i mean i'm i'm like a summer baby so i turned 16 in right before grade 11 he might just be like young for his age because it's like september of like 11th grade and i and i turned 16 um july right before 11th grade you know yeah i guess so but yay we're in season four now that's kind of crazy it's exciting we're ready a lot like just Season three was a roller coaster. Season four is off to a crazy start. I'm in. I'm here. I'm ready for it. Hans, can you please tell us about the episode title? Yes. It is actually not named after a song from the 80s. Um, So sadly, there will not be a backing track to what I'm saying right now. Um, But it is named after an album from the 80s. It's named after a police album that came out in 1981. It was an album that like every little thing she does is magic is on. Um, But in regards to this episode of of Degrassi, I mean, I also know Ghost in the Machine is also like a book and a movie. And I think, isn't it someone's like interpretation of like, a philosopher I can't I clearly did very base level research and it's a hodgepodge um hang on yeah I have no idea I know nothing about ghost in the machine I just keep thinking welcome to the machine which is a Pink Floyd reference um so that's that's just stuck in my head but I don't know so also ghost in the machine is British philosopher Gilbert Ryle's description of Descartes' mind-body dualism um, that was introduced in his book, The Concept of the Mind. But this came out in, like, 1949. Um, And it was to highlight the perceived absurdity of dualist systems like Descartes' where mental activity carries on in parallel to physical action, but where their means of interaction are unknown or, at best, speculative. So... Maybe that can also apply. I don't really know. I feel like I need to read that a couple more times to understand it. I know very little about philosophy, um, except for in like really specific areas. Like my philosophy knowledge 
begins and ends at either like the second sex or Nietzsche. <laughs> I know a lot about Nietzsche. That's really it though. Like everything else, I'm like, Ugh. So yeah, I don't know. Whatever. That's what this episode, this two part episode is named. Um the only like on my base level interpretation, I'm going to go ahead and say that like a ghost from Paige's past comes back to haunt her, I guess, in the sense that she has to face Dean again, which is traumatizing and very hard to watch. And then she crashes the cars because she's possessed by her feelings about the ghost. So she is the ghost in the machine. I don't know. It works. It's fine. It makes perfect sense. Thank you. I think that works. All right. So just let's just jump into fucking season four. I wrote so many notes for this episode because I just like needed to take everything down. Um, so it opens with Paige christening Spinner's new car that he bought with his money that he earned at the dot. And he deems it the love mobile after rejecting um, Craig's suggestions of Sparky and Herbie and other various joke names. It also starts off at a really bad angle for everyone. <laughs> like, it's, like, right below. It's like when you accidentally, like, have the front-facing camera on your phone and you're, like, scrolling and you're like, oh, my God, what is that? <laughs> and you, like, look like a worm. That is what everyone looks like in this opening scene. <laughs> like, they're just worm humans. Um, it's a bad it's a bad look for everybody. Also, that is a very cheap car. What did he say it was? Like $2,700 or something? Mm-hmm. Like, where the fuck are you getting a car for $2,700 that you're, like, proud of? Like, no wonder Joey is going out of business. Am I right? <laughs> Seriously? Oh, that didn't even occur to me. But, yeah, that is a cheap-ass car. God damn. Um, you know, I mean, like, I don't even know things about cars, and I know that. And then there's some real great music going on in the background of the entire opening scene. It's like it's like generic metal almost, but not. I don't really remember the music. I just know there was like a little montage of Spinner and Paige like riding in the new car. It's super cool. And they, like, pull up to Paige's house, and they're in her driveway, and this police officer comes by and is like, hi, I'm looking for a Paige Mitchell-Chuck at this address, and, like, butchers her name, because of course. And she's like, um, that's me. And then we learn that she is being summoned to court because it is finally time for her trial against Dean. And then the gross new theme song plays which is new and i feel like i i might be wrong but it might be alex johnson of instant star who sings it but don't like hold me to that i mean that sounds right i believe you um yeah no it's a terror i hate it i hate it i miss the gospel singers anyway (laughs) yeah i have a few things about like i just don't understand why they're doing it that way like I feel like it should go through her lawyer. It shouldn't just be a policeman, like, knocking on her boyfriend's car window. Like, that feels like a weird, um, just, like, a weird way to do that. Like, first of all, it probably should have gone through the lawyer. Also, why are they knocking on, like, a random car window and not the front door? (laughs) 
why is he not confirming with her and talking to her alone instead of in front of another person? Like, excuse me, ma'am, you are you have to go to court because you were a victim of sexual <laughs> assault. I don't know your relationship with this person, but I'm going to divulge this like super sensitive information because I'm a professional. I don't know. It's just I was just like, this is not the way to do it. But whatever. She looks shocked. Spinner looks shocked. Everybody's like, this is happening now. Remember when that thing happened a few years ago? This is happening now. Yeah, it was a very strange way to like find that out and for that information to be delivered. Um, but after the theme song, they're at the drive-in movie theaters because Spinner like really wanted to go now that he has a car. But they're watching a scary movie and Paige and Marco have taken over the front seat because they are, as Paige says, shorties who wouldn't be able to see in the back seat. And Spinner cannot see and he's complaining. And fucking Jimmy and Hazel just have no chill and are just making out in the back seat, like not giving a fuck about anybody. <laughs> and Spinner is obviously feeling left out. And she, he, Paige and him go to get snacks and then... Like, Spinner tries to kiss her, and she's like, no, what are you doing? This isn't romantic. We're at a stupid, like, scary movie. Like, stop. And then she grabs Marco, and they, like, run off and get snacks. <laughs> Which, like, is very valid. And I just, it bothers me how much Spinner doesn't seem to be understanding any of this. And I'm like, you are just a caveman in clothes, right? Like, that's what's happening here. Like, he just doesn't get it. He's like... Why do you want to make out? And she's like, um, hello, <laughs> fucking get it together. But yeah, so she runs off with Marco and she says something along the lines of, I'm as hungry as uh, Paris Hilton looks, which is such <laughs> like, it's such like a line of this time period and also like a really like, it's a medium burn. It's like, <laughs> it's like, you know, you don't, it's not even like really a second degree burn. Like it's such an easy joke for this time, but I'm like, okay, fine. You're Degrassi. Do what you do, what you got to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, is that like the first like real like pop culture reference we've gotten from Degrassi? Cause I can't think of anything like I can't like, I, I can't even think of them referencing like musicians that aren't from like the sixties, you know? Yeah, I think it might be. Yeah, because either they're like really, really old references or references to like the old Degrassi TV show or like fake people like DJ Terminal or whatever um, or whoever that like rapper was that they stole the car to try to get tickets to from the radio station. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, Kid Elric, how do I remember these things? Um but yeah, I think it is. I definitely, I wrote down the quote and just wrote down, oh, 2005. It was a beautiful time for all of us. Remember when Paris Hilton was like a real thing? I used to, my friend Colette had her book. Also, you guys. She has a book? <laughs> Paris Hilton had a book. Um, It was not good. Um, But yeah, it's fine. I also, I read Nicole Richie's book, which was ghostwritten by someone who had a knack for ghostwriting. It was pretty good. It wasn't bad. It was fiction. It was, it was like fiction with air quotes because it was like very clearly based off of like her life or how she saw her life or how her ghostwriter saw her life. It was confusing. I'm going off. Anyway. Movie, etc. I would have totally, I w like kind of want to read that book. Also, this I'm still going on this tangent, but I feel like it's necessary. 
Um, there was a girl from my town who was on Paris Hilton's BFF show on MTV, and I remember being like really excited that someone from my teeny tiny town was on this MTV reality show. Oh, I'm so jealous. <laughs> I do not want to be Paris Hilton's BFF, but the simple life was a fucking good time. Oh, it was it was rough. It was a good time though. Um, anyway. Oh, man. Um, okay. Oh, also, I just wanted to write that Marco is forever the date third or fifth wheel. <laughs> like, he did it with Ellie. He's doing it now. I'm like, Marco, you have a boyfriend. Why are you still doing this? Forever the security blanket. <laughs> um, but, yeah. So then the next day, I guess, they page Marco Spinner and Dylan are moving Dylan into his dorm room because Dylan is in college now. Oh, boy. We know that's going to bring some drama in the future. But for now, it's exciting. And they're moving him in. And they're in grade 11. But they'll still get to go to, like, dorm parties or whatever. And it's all very exciting. Marco borrowed his dad's car and, like, apparently gave him a outlandish excuse because he couldn't tell me he was moving in his boyfriend. But so they're moving him in. And Spinner just, like, has a goddamn attitude already. And Paige is, like, excited about dorm parties. And she's like, what is up with you? Like, what's wrong with you? And he's like, you're my girlfriend. That's what's wrong. And you're like, ugh, Spinner, stop. He just, like, he doesn't even try to get it. And it's super fucking annoying. And it's like, Paige should not stoop to your, like, level. Like, she's better than you. Like, you need to fucking get it together. And she's like, it's going to be better, like, once the trial's over. But it's like, she literally got summoned, what, like, yesterday? Like, can he fucking get over it? I'm sorry, my girlfriend doesn't want to have sex with me because she's a victim of sexual assault. And everything is coming back now. Like, go fuck yourself, Spinner. Like, fucking, mm. At the end, he's good. But for this whole beginning and for many parts in the middle, I'm just like, go fuck yourself, Spinner. Um... But basically, she's like, it's going to be better later, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Oh, Spinner. Like, I like I don't know how you do not understand this. Um, So they're moving him in, and Paige, like, goes to get pizza or something. And while she's walking on campus, she sees fucking Dean. And we all do a collective, no, 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 no. And he's driving, like, this, like, you know, it's like the classic, like, like rich white guy overcompensating, like yellow Ferrari type sports car situation. I don't know anything about cars. I just know that it looks like he's trying really hard. Um, and he's like talking to some people and he looks a little different. Like he looks older. Like you can tell it's been like a little while since it happened. They both look older. Um, I think he's maybe had a haircut. I don't know. Um, but like. She's like, she stops and like, you know, I commend her for continuing to walk because I feel like if I was her, I would have just like dropped the pizza and hidden a bush until he was gone. But she continues to walk and she's trying not to make eye contact. And he like calls her over. And I was just like, thank like, like, first of all, I was like, oh, my God, stop. Get away. Get away. Get away. But also, thank God he didn't call her spirit because if he called her spirit, I would have thrown up in my mouth, you know. But yeah, he's like, he's like, so you're pressing charges. Maybe you should drop it because it's not like you have any evidence and it's just going to be bad for all of us and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, just leave me alone. Just leave me alone. Just leave me alone. 
Yeah, but he, you can also tell he's, like, getting in her head. He's like, please don't do this. Like, we should, like, maybe you'll never see me again. And you can just forget. Which is, like, um, she's never going to forget this, you stupid monster. But, but he's totally getting in her head a little bit. And she's, like, totally shaken up. And it's gross and blah. And I hate him. And I don't like seeing him. Um, but then we move on to the next scene, which is the first day of school at Degrassi. And we get like a lot of like shoveled down our throat exposition about three couples, including, so Emma like is walking up to school with Toby and Liberty and Emma's like, yeah, over the summer, Chris and I broke up. And then Toby's like, over the summer, Kendra and I broke up. And Liberty says something, and then she's like, and then Towers and I broke up. And so, like, everybody's breaking up with people. I'm pretty sure we never see Chris or Kendra again. I don't know about Towers, but I feel like no. I don't know if we should have, a, like, a joint in memoriam for all of them right now because I'm, like, kind of sad about all of these breakups. Me too. I'm extra sad about Towers. Um, So let's just do a quick one for... Are three people, um, Towers, Kendra, Chris, will miss you. I'm a little suspicious that they got rid of three people of color <laughs> without ever saying goodbye. It seems a little suspect. Um, you know, Kendra, you were badass. You were kind of annoying, but like you suited Toby. And you were like, you were there for the good times and you didn't take his shit. And that I always like, you know, you were kind of like cliche strong girl, but like, I feel like if they put more effort into your character, you had great potential. Um, Chris, you were charming as hell. We barely knew you. You were great for Emma. You called Jean Slim Shady at one point <laughs> in a really condescending way that I really appreciated because it was during a time that Sean was being a real dick and and you did that that heartbeat thing with the beatboxing that has like stuck with me sexually into adulthood um so goodbye Chris and goodbye Kendra and Towers Towers we barely knew ye <laughs> you, were, you were in like two episodes and I think in like one of them you had lines Maybe three episodes. I don't know. You barely said anything. Actually, I don't. I don't know anything. if you ever said any lines. You basically stood there to be like menacing or like googly eyeing Liberty, <laughs> both of which you did super well. Um, you did more successful acting in your face than a lot of these dummies do with all the lines. You really, you just sold it to us. You were cute. You were very tall. And I, I just, we will, I, Towers, I think I'll miss you most of all. <laughs> Towers with the Z. How I miss thee. I love you. Goodbye. Chris, I will miss your bucket hats. Kind of. <laughs> just so, just purely for the fact for pointing them out in Fashion Police. And Kendra. I will miss you too. I find it confusing that you also leave while still being Spinner's sibling, but I guess that it just never gets explained. Um, but goodbye to all three of you. We will miss you. Um, so that happens. 
Um, do we want to do Fashion Police? And speaking of bucket hats that are no longer on our screen. My God, yes. I have so many notes. I also have, I just, oh, I have a lot of notes about people's hair. Same. And I also have like a theory on Paige. So do you want to start? Sure. Um, Spinner's hair is very long now and it's like past the point of looking good and I like don't like it anymore. Um, it just like looks greasy and long and curly and I don't like it. Plus that middle part though. No good. Don't do it. It looks bad. Um, Craig's hair, Craig got a haircut. It's very like kind of Mick Jaggery, um, which is very on brand for him. Um, I really like, okay, Paige is wearing her stupid Muppet jacket at the movie theater. Like, why has this thing not died yet? I like her baby pink, like, quarter zip sweatshirt she's wearing when she's moving Dylan into the dorms. So I have a theory on Paige's outfits because she's wearing pink in every single thing except for when she's having her meltdown. So I feel like they're, like, like Paige before and up to the trial, she's wearing pink. So she's wearing... In the first scene, like all pink, and then she's wearing like a pink tracksuit thing, like the pink sweatshirt when she's moving Dylan, and she's also wearing pink pants. It's like very like juicy couture tracksuit, like off brand. And then she's wearing like a pink like plaid like fancy jacket with pearls and <laughs> jeans, which is like just so of that era. Um, and then even to court, she's wearing, like, a pink shirt underneath, like, her smart gray, like, suit. But then she loses in court, has her meltdown, wearing no pink at all. Then, after crashing the car and being like, oh, I'm renewed, I'm better, she's wearing pink again. So I think the pink is, like, showing Paige's, like, innocence and, like, you know, and during that, like, brief meltdown time, it's like, she's all dark and sad and which is also kind of a great outfit for her. That was a slightly insensitive note that I wrote down. I was like, all of Paige's sad girl outfits are really good. Like, <laughs> she looks just very cool. Um, I like her tank top. I like her, like, messy hair. I'm going to talk at length about how much I don't think that her friend should have forced her to go to a party. But she looks great at the party. So there you go. But, yeah, so that's my Paige theory. Also, her hair on point through this whole thing. Lots of volume. Just good. I think that tracks. Yeah, pink is for, like, happy page, and not pink is for not happy page. I think that translates. But also, I fucking hate her outfit in the end. That, like, dumb, weird poncho thing. And I think she's wearing, like, a tube dress over jeans under the poncho that is also pink. I don't... I, did, I was not a fan of that outfit. But I think she was also wearing, like, a graphic or, like, a like a Abercrombie-esque graphic tee under her pink, like, clueless-esque, like, plaid pink jacket to the first day of school, which was also pink and also very 2005. Um, and I just kind of laughed at those pearls. Speaking of pink, Manny is wearing one of her crazy outfits. Um, she looks like she's trying really hard to be J-Lo. It's a thing. Like J-Lo of that time, not J-Lo now. Um, Marco's straight hair is bonkers and terrible. Um, I, I am living for his like jeans, suit from the waist up, and crazy glasses. 
that are like extremely reflective and not sunglasses, but are like clearly meant to be sunglasses. Bonkers. I'm here for it. Um, also, at one point he's wearing, I think it's when he's talking to Paige after the trial, he's wearing this like black hat that's like kind of square and cloth and fitted and it's terrible and I owned the same one. <laughs> oh, Marco, his fashion choices are just, I don't even know what. I was very confused about him wearing a literal suit to the first day of school. <laughs> but, he was jeans. but he was wearing jeans. It was like dressy casual. Um, also, yes, his hair is now straightened and highlighted. He's definitely just going through. He's trying to find his look. And I think this is just like a transition phase. I'm hoping. I think. I don't know. It's. I love him, but it's not great. Um, I really, I don't think I have any other fashion notes. Um, I actually like Ashley's haircut. I think it's good. Um, at, uh, when Craig is like talking to Ashley for the first time after the stuff with his locker, when they're just in class, he looks really good. I like his outfit. Um, it's kind of like plain, but I don't know. I was like, oh, Craig looks cute. And then like it occurred to me that Craig in that scene looks a lot like a person that I used to date. <laughs> so I'm like, a lot of stuff is making sense. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's it really. I mean, Spinner just always looks like Spinner. Hazel's outfit for the party is confusing. It's like, are you wearing a dress? Are you wearing a tube top? It looks good on her, but it's like kind of tropical, but not tropical. I just I wanted to get a better look because I just didn't fully understand what was happening. Um and just yeah, I'm just that I think that's all I have really. You know. Yeah. 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 That's all I got. So, it's first day of school. We learned about everyone breaking up with everybody. I think um we see like two very brief glances at Sean in this entire episode and one of them is here and he's not wearing his dumb hat but I feel like I don't remember why he says this but he's like ta- he turns to Jane and is like glad we're not girls and I think it's like something fashion related but I don't remember what it was um and also oh, I, I think somebody makes a note about like JT and Manny like very quickly who seem to be dating still ish um, I think he says it because it's after that catty moment between, like, Alex and Paige. Because Paige is, says, like, hi to Ellie. And Ellie's like, oh, hi. And Alex is like, you don't have to talk to her. And Ellie's like, um, okay, I guess. <laughs> like, she just doesn't acknowledge it. Like, Alex is trying really hard to make Ellie the new Amy. And it's never going to happen. Because she's, like, kind of friends with Paige. And she's like, and Ellie, don't play that. Um, <laughs> But Paige is like, whatever, bye. Um... And I think that's when Sean is like, glad we're not girls, because it's like, <laughs> glad we don't have to do, like, catty bullshit. But also, why are they friends again? Like, <laughs> come on, dude. But maybe that's also, like, glad we're not girls. Glad we can just, like, punch each other and then make up. Yeah, I think it's a guy thing that they're like, whatever, I'm going to get over this weird party thing that happened, I guess. Um, And also... Paige says, new year, new look, new page at one point in the episode, and it's great. And But she's still freaking out about the trial, and I need... Okay, so before that, though, 
Spinner and Jimmy are at Spinner's locker, and Spinner is debating whether he should put up a poster of Mandy Moore or Hillary Duff. He just, and Jimmy's just like, I, what? Why are you talking to me about this? And Spinner's like, I don't know, but maybe Hillary Duff. I like that would be better, right? And like Jimmy's just like, why would that be better? <laughs> I wrote that down. That made me laugh a lot. But I, it also occurred to me like, oh, because she looks more like Paige. And then Spinner goes. Cause she looks more like Paige, and I was like, "It's like crap. Why do we, why, why do I understand your thought process now? I hate that." Um, but yeah, I don't know. And and Paige comes up, and she's like, "I think I'm more of a Lindsay Lohan," and I was like, "Ooh, don't don't hope for that." Um, I mean, this was in like this was right after Mean Girls came out, probably. It was, and no, well, because I think it's 2005 right now. Mean Girls was 2004, and. Also, this was probably prime time during the Lindsay Lohan Hillary Duff feud, which, if I might remind you, was over Aaron Carter, and it still like astounds me that this was a thing that happened in our lives. Is this before or after Paris Hilton called Lindsay Lohan a fire crotch like to TMZ? <laughs> Do you remember that? <laughs> I forgot about that. I don't remember when that happened, but I actually just read like a comprehensive history of the Lindsay Lohan Hillary Duff feud because I was telling one of our friends about it who didn't know that it happened because she grew up in Hong Kong and um I know it happened like probably like over between 2003 and 2005 or 6 or something so who knows that probably was snuck into that timeline somewhere Hillary Duff lives kind of in, in my neighborhood now I don't know. I want to find her. Her and her, like, cool silver hair. Um, my roommate's, like, a little obsessed with her, too. It's funny. Um, so, anyway, yeah. So, Paige is like, I'm more of a Lindsay Lohan. And then she's like, and Jimmy's like, um, aren't you supposed to be at court? And she's like, well, I've always wanted someone to handle my calendar for me. So, thanks for that. <laughs> but I should be in court tomorrow. But I won't because I'm not doing it. Bye. And then, like, Spinner freaks out because he's an insensitive clown and he's just like, I'm done with this. I'm done with you. And he storms out. And she follows him. And she's like, what's your deal? And he's like, you said it would be better once you did the trial thing. <coughs> and she's like, she's like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm just not going to do it. But I'm fine. And he's like, no, blah, blah, blah. And then she's like, we can go park and be alone. And he's like, well, OK, then. And I'm like, you're easy. OK, fine. Um. But, like, really quick before all of this, uh, we see that it's Craig's birthday because Marco decorated his locker because he's adorable. Mm -hmm. And he, uh, for some reason, like, thinks that Ashley decorated his locker. And it's like, dude, she fucking hates your guts. <laughs> and he's like, did you? And she's like, what? And leaves. And I'm like, same. Yes. So then, and then after the page being like, we can park somewhere. It's when it's like, okay. Which is like, of course that worked. Um, then that night, it is Craig's birthday, and Caitlin has sent him a video from fake Thailand, and <laughs> <laughs> it's like the fakest video I've ever seen in my life. And she has gotten a total haircut. Her hair is majorly short now, which works for her. I feel like anything works on Caitlin because she's just so beautiful. Um, but it's Craig's birthday. He's wearing a paper crown. He's It's time for presents, and he gets a check for $10,000. 
And he's like, Joey, like, thank you. Like, why you shouldn't have done this. And Joey's like, I did not do this. This is from your dad's estate. And it was designated to you for a birthday present. And you'll get the rest when you turn 18. And Craig is like, holy shit, I have $10,000. I don't know what to do with this. And while he's like in shock about this, Angie's like, cake, can we eat cake now? And I'm like, ugh, Angie, I still hate you. Angie's a fucking brat. Can they send Angie away forever (laughs) and we can like do her like goodbye, like not dead eulogy? Because I'm sick of her goddamn face and her childish like I get that she's a child and maybe this is why I don't like or want children but god damn I just want to just just shut up forever Angie please I think it's also just like the actress who plays her is not good she's not a good child actress and she clearly only has that job because Cassie Steele is her older sister in real life and she's just like an annoying child who also cannot act and which I think makes her more annoying as a character. Then why do they keep putting her in this? Like, if she's, if they know that she's bad, why do they keep putting her on this show? They sent Towers away inexplicably <laughs> and gave him no lines. Also, I want to find this actor because I want to know what his voice sounds like. Like, is it secretly super high-pitched and that's why they never had him talk? I want to know what is happening here. Um, also, this is the saddest birthday party I've ever seen, by the way. But I do like Craig's crown. It's very sweet. Yeah, why isn't Craig having, like, an actual birthday party with his friends? Is it because it's, like, the beginning of school? I don't understand. Um, I, think, I think he's still, like, a little bit of an Ashley outcast. Mm. I don't know. Like, it seems like, like like he still has friends, and I think that he still could probably feasibly have a party, but I think he still is, like, feeling, like, guilty and bad about his life choices. So maybe that's it, because of the Ashley stuff and the Manny stuff, and, like, just shit has not been going his way, and I know that, like, when shit's not going my way, I'm not, like, crazy about the idea of, like, partying it up. I don't know. I guess so. But, like, Marco decorated his locker. I don't know. Um, But whatever. He got lots of money, and it's shocking. So then we cut to Paige and Spinner are parked somewhere, and they're, like, making out in his new car, and, like, music is playing, and Paige is like, oh, wow, what is this song? Like, I really like it. And Spinner's like, stop talking. Let's make out. And then... Paige starts having like flashbacks and PTSD from her assault and she freaks out and she's like, I can't do this. Like, I don't want to do this. Like, I can't like, no, please stop. I can't. And at first Spinner doesn't get it at all because he's dumb. Um, And then eventually he catches on, but he's still not like great about it. I don't know. Like I was unimpressed with Spinner up to this point in the episode. Um, but yeah, so Paige decides that she has to go to court and testify and fucking good for her, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I think at one point he's even like, Paige, you're okay. And she's like, no, I am not. I'm not okay. But it does lead her to the decision to go to court and testify. And at least like, she's at least like, knows she like wants to try to do something. Um... So then the next day at school, 
we cut back to Craig, who is in class, like, in a doodling. And, of course, he's doodling, like, treble clefs. But Ashley comes over, and he's like, she's like, those are backwards. And then they just start, like, talking. I think they, like, acknowledge that it's weird for a second. They're like, I guess we're, like, we're okay now. And I think a part of that is, like, I don't know. She's like, you're still cute. And he's like, so are you. I think that's, like, their internal, like, brain space because they're 16. Um, But he's like, wait, I have to tell you about this crazy thing my dad did. And she's like, she's like, what the fuck? And he's like, yeah, you know, Joey thinks I should invest it. But, like, I think that I'm just going to, like, fucking rip it up, whatever. And Ashley, plot twist, suggests having fun instead. (laughs) And I was like, who are you? I I literally wrote down, I can't believe Ashley is condoning fun right now. Um, Also, update, I just IMDb'd the actor who played Towers. His name is Travis Donegan. Degrassi is his one and only credit. So I don't know if we'll ever know what his voice sounds like. That's so upsetting. I wonder why he gave up acting. I wonder if it's because Degrassi would never give him any fucking lines. <laughs> R.I.P. Towers. Oh, Towers. So then the next scene, we're at in front of the court. Um, and Paige's mom is like ushering her up the stairs. And then we see her meet her lawyer. And they're like Canadian lawyers dress very fancy. I feel like this happens in like Great Britain as well. But they're just dressed like in like robes with these little collars that are just seem very prestigious. Yeah, I was like, it's very like when you watch like a British like crime show or whatever. And like they've got like full like wigs and crazy shit going on. And you're like, man, our lawyers like barely wear suits. (laughs) Like, like, I don't know. I like I'm related to and I know a lot of lawyers and I'm like. And they're professional, but I'm still, like, like my friends are, like, in their, like, late 20s who are lawyers. I'm like, that's crazy. These people look like grown-ups, and they're wearing funny outfits. <laughs> um, And then Dean fucking pulls up to the front of the courthouse in his dumb sports car. And Paige is, like, freaking out. And Spinner is consoling her and is finally, like, being there for her. And he's, like... You're going to be okay. Like, it's going to be fine. And she's freaking out. And she's like, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, you're going to, like, break. Like, I don't want you to hear all the details. It's going to, like, keep playing on repeat in your brain. And you're going to break up with me because you won't be able to look at me anymore. And Paige and Spinner's like, like, there's no way I can ever break up with you. And she's like, you just did it yesterday. And he's like, well, that was a test, I guess. But I could never break up with you because you're, like, the coolest person. And you're super cool for even, like, being here right now. You can do it. It's the best spinner has been all episode. Let's <laughs> be real. We're very proud of him. And she's like, okay, fine. So they go into the courthouse. And Paige is testifying. And fucking smarmy McSmarmy faces stupid smarmy lawyer and like I know that she's just doing her job but her job is shitty and she's like fucking like talking to Paige about like well you chose to go up there with him and basically it's all victim blaming 100% it's like it's just fucking terrible and she's like did you enjoy it which is like the fucking worst I like vomited I was like are you fucking kidding me um it it was disgusting garbage nonsense 
And it's what that would probably be like in most cases because the justice system is garbage um, and rape culture is ever present. So, (laughs) yay, the world's a nightmare. Yeah, it's awful. And then, like, one of the last questions that the lawyer asks her is, like, how many men have you slept with before? And her lawyer is like, no, 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 no. But Paige is like, no, I'd actually like to answer that. That was my one and only sexual experience, and there's no way I would have ever chosen to lose my virginity upstairs at a party with a guy I met an hour ago. And it's her just kind of, like, standing her ground and finally being able to stand up to the smarmy, smarmy lawyer even just a little bit. Um, But... Um, then we cut really quickly to Craig and Ashley are like in a music store and Craig makes like a dumb like joke about a Wawa called the crybaby. And he's like, like, we did enough crying last year or something. And Ashley's like, what? what? Why are you making this dumb joke? And he's like, that was a bad joke. I don't know why I did that. And then they see like this fancy 1969 Fender Strat, whatever the fuck that they're like totally drooling over and it's four thousand dollars and the guy who works there is like do not touch this this is expensive like children get away from the guitar and craig is like i will buy it please thank you it's wildly irresponsible i don't know i don't i like i kind of like craig and ashley as friends but mostly i'm like eh, i don't know um anyway we go back to the trial and Paige is like, it's good that the deliberation ended that fast, right? And her lawyer's like, sure, <laughs> but he knows better. Um, and then, yeah, it's it's not good. It's not good at all. And, I mean, the judge comes out and she gives a good spiel about, like, you know, the, these are the kind of cases that keep me up at night. You know, you like, like your testimony was, like, you know, very impressive and sad and blah, blah, blah. And she basically says, I believe you, but the court doesn't because you don't have proof. She's like, you didn't have a witness. You didn't have like, you know, physical evidence. You didn't have anything like that. And that's just fucking, it's just what fucking happens, man. And it sucks. It just sucks. Yeah. So Dean is deemed not guilty because... There isn't any evidence except for her testimony. Um, And it's stupid and dumb, and I hate it. Um, And that's the end of part one. This is going to be a long episode. We are 43 minutes in, done with part one. Um, So then part two starts with Paige is in her room wearing her sad girl clothes, and she's, like, understandably very upset. She's going through her closet. She's like, I have no style. I have nothing to wear. Blah, blah, blah. And Marco and and Marco is there. And he's like, Paige, I'm really sorry about what happened. And you're not a loser. Like, nobody's thinking you're a loser. Because she just keeps, like, talking down on herself. Because she's very upset. And Marco then is able to have, like, a small moment of empathy. And is like, like, I know, like, when those guys bashed me, I remember, like, feeling like I wanted to crawl out of my skin. I wasn't myself and I it was really hard and they never even caught the guys. So I kind of can understand a little bit what you're going through. And 
he's like trying to relate with her and but then he's like let's just go to this party tonight and I'm like why is everyone trying to make her go to this party she should just stay home and like be alone right now right yeah it's fairly infuriating um I I I understand I mean I guess like Marco is probably the closest we can get to how Paige is feeling because the gay bashing thing is about who you are and it is like extremely violating and it is like tangentially about sex in general um it's so I I I understand the connection I think if anyone was going to talk to Paige about this it would be Marco but I also feel like if anyone was going to be like Paige you don't have to go to this party it should have been Marco who like vaguely understands like how she's feeling a little um yeah these are shitty friends like Paige don't go to this party like just fucking stay home I just and she's like I'll be downstairs soon and Marco has this look on his face like victory I'm like no that doesn't mean she feels better it just means that you guys have pressured her into going out on the day that she lost her rape case the fucking day yeah it's not great but just to like play devil's advocate a little bit they are still children and they probably don't like since none of them have really ever been through anything like this they are probably still too young to really comprehend the complexities of how she is feeling and just like the complexities of what this type of thing entails and they probably think that by going to a party and having fun it'll cheer her up and maybe like make her forget about it when obviously that is like not totally like the right thing to do but because they are children they probably think that is what is something that would be good for her that is the only reason why I can justify them like trying to get her to go out because normally Paige likes to go out and likes to go to parties and likes to have fun and be around her friends and they think that if they can get her to do things that Paige usually likes to do she will be happy but clearly that is not the case I mean but why are you trying to get a rape victim to do what they don't want to do like how about when she says I don't want to go to this party they just go okay you know yourself instead of like I just I'm sorry it it just makes me very angry like I'm infuriated with the fact that they like dragged her to this party like if anyone like needs someone to respect their ideas and like where they want to put their physical person it should be her friends right now it's ugh, I'm mad I'm just mad about it so they go to this stupid party and she looks miserable and like whatever and then um like spinner comes up behind her and like puts his arm around her and she like jumps out of her fucking skin because she's on edge because she doesn't want to be there at this party which fyi is at the school that her rapist goes to why would she want to be there like i'm just furious um so obviously she like jumps out of her skin and like runs away because she doesn't want to be there and she doesn't want to be touched and why did you bring her to this party you dickheads Um, and this girl, like, kind of walks into her, so Paige gets in her face, (laughs) which is kind of funny, because this girl just, like, drops to the floor, like, after Hazel breaks it up, this girl, like, drops to the floor and starts crying, and I'm like, (laughs) why? Why are you taking this so personally? Um, and Hazel is, like, consoling this total stranger instead of, like, making sure her friend is okay, which is confusing, but she does make up for it later. 
Yeah. Um, and then she like finds some dudes on the stairwell and starts talking to them. And then she starts like taking shots and like flirting with other guys. And Spinner like sees this and is like, back off, dude. And he's like, paid, what is going on? And like brings her into a dorm room. And then she lashes out on him. Because she is at a party that she shouldn't be at. And she is trying to just like, she's like processing her anger and her emotions and is just acting out. And I don't remember what she says to him, but she gets very angry because he like doesn't understand what's happening and he's not handling it very well. And then she basically just kind of storms off. Well, no, she like she kicks him out and okay. she's like, I never want to see you again, blah, 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 which is like valid because she's like, do she's like she tries to have sex with him or whatever. Or like she comes on to him and he's like, not right now. And she's like, well, you wanted to before. I'm easy. Everyone knows it. Blah, blah, blah. Just be like Dean and like come here and like just do whatever you want to me. And I'll just lay here because that's what I do now. Whatever. And Spinner's like, what the fuck? And she's like, you have to go. <laughs> like, leave my life. Um, and he's and he's like, you know, and he's talking about how, like, she's not being herself. And she's like, you don't even know who Paige is. She's like, and she says this one line that, like, gives me chills and breaks my heart. And she's like, Paige went up to that bedroom and never came back down. Yes, which is very heartbreaking. And Spinner doesn't really know how to react to this and then i think this is when she kicks him out because he's still not being very understanding um but then we hop over to a really uncomfortable scene which is uh craig gets home and shows joey his this new guitar that he got and joey's like oh my god how much did this set you back like 400 600 oh my god and he's like um four grand and then joey gets real uncomfortable and is like oh enjoy it uh and he's very uncomfortable about the outlandish thing that his stepson has just bought and then like a little bit later craig is in the garage and joey comes up to him and then he starts asking him for money and the most uncomfortable conversation where he's like oh hey uh lately like like do you think you could like help with some rent or like bills like I keep this garage for you, like da da da. da. And Craig is like, um, what? You're hitting me up for money? I don't like this. Like, this is very uncomfortable. Like, what is happening? And then he leaves and he goes and spends the night at Sean's house because he and Sean are still friends. First of all, I love that he and Sean are still friends. Second of all, this is such a tricky situation because, you know, he's like, well, you wouldn't do this to Angie, but like, Angie is seven. So, of course not. Um, but, like, you know, I feel like Craig has never really said thank you to Joey. And he's never offered. And I understand that he's 16. But, like, he's supposed to be kind of, like, mature for his age. And, you know, he's he's kind of Joey's kid. But he's not really Joey's kid. And I feel like he should have, like, he got all this money in. And he maybe should have offered to help. But also it's, like uncomfortable for joey to be like can you help pay for some stuff because craig is technically a kid and joey's meant to be like the parent or the adult and he like committed to being the parent so he should still support him i don't know it's just a very tricky situation like nobody wins here yeah it's a very slippery slope and it's 
just every aspect of it is uncomfortable. Um, so that happens. But then we cut back to the college campus and Paige has found Dean's frat house and she lies to get into their party. And I am reminded again that the drinking age in Canada is 19 because the guy at the door asks her if she's 19 and she lies and she says she's 20. Um, and then she finds Dean and is like, I need to talk to you. And then she keeps threatening to like out him to the whole party for being a monster. And then at one point she's just like, hey, guys, this guy is not who you think he is. He is a liar. He is a rapist. And he's like dragging her out of the door, which I did not like that he was like touching her in any way and especially being forceful with her and just like dragging her out of the party to try and save face with this dumb frat that he's pledging that he is able to pledge because he has been deemed not guilty and he pulls her outside and is like leave me alone go away and then he admits he's like yeah I am guilty like I must have done something wrong that you won't leave me alone and it's like all gross and I hate it and Paige is like oh my god you admit it why didn't you say this in court and he's like well it must have been something right because you keep coming back and he's slimy and disgusting and it's like like come call me if you want a good time or like something awful like that and I hate it and then Paige gets filled with rage all of the rage so much rage I just ugh. I, I just I just wrote in my notes barf city population me um because he's like he's like call me you were good like go fuck Ugh. yourself it just mm, mm, yeah yeah that's bile in my throat so yeah it's fucking horrible it's horrible and disgusting and my nightmare and Paige's nightmare so what she does next is extremely valid and i'm like Paige is my hero <laughs> Paige in this moment is my hero she watches him walk inside she walks to spinner's car she turns spinner's car on Spinner sees her get into the car and is just like, Paige, Paige, no, 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 Paige. And then she throws it into reverse and, like, fucking floors it. And honestly, I wish she hurt Dean's car more. <laughs> she only, like, she fucked it up, definitely, but, like, only the corner. I'm like, man, I wish she just, like, went to it with a fucking baseball bat. But... You know, you just, you got to work with what you got. But I feel like she could have done so much more damage. But I don't know. Oh, well. Yeah, I, I too was like, damn, I wish she could have gone to it with a baseball bat too. But to be fair, that is a very expensive car. So like any kind of damage to it is going to be outrageously expensive. So even if it is like the corner, like it'll, I think it's at least going to set Dean back no matter what. Um, but it's great. It's like very, very cathartic for, as a viewer and I'm sure for a page and Spinner sees this and is like, obviously very angry that she basically totaled his car. Um, but I also am like, Paige, I think you're very justified in your lashing out on Dean's car. But I do, I do feel bad for Spinner because that is his car and it's, sucks that that happened to it but i am more on Paige's side anyway forever on Paige's side in every part of this um so so then it's the next day and 
Paige is wearing a, her stupid poncho outfit. But she is wearing pink again. So she is feeling better. And the counselor, Miss Sove, is like calling her and is like, hey, we were supposed to have an appointment. And then Paige walks in. And then they have a little therapy session. And Miss Sove is like, I just wanted to congratulate you on yesterday. I'm proud of you. Even though it didn't turn out the way you wanted it to, you at least were able to like speak your truth and stand up. And at least like you did, you know, now that you did everything that you can. And Paige is like, yeah, I guess so. But it's like at least like Miss Sove is trying to put a silver lining on this and to find any good out of this shitty situation, which I can appreciate. Yeah, I I, I think it affects Paige a little bit, too, because she realizes, like, mm, do I have the moral high ground? Which, like, she still does. But, like, I think she feels guilty about the spinner stuff. Um, So she's like, yeah, um, that poncho is so bad. <laughs> but her beauty looks have been on point, like, all episode. Like, her makeup's good. Her hair's good. It's all good. Um, and then we are with Craig again, and he's like in the media immersion lab with Ashley, who I forgot to mention this in our fashion police is wearing the studded belt that every single person that I was friends with owned in seventh and eighth grade. And I still have and should bring back because it's great. Um, so, yeah, she's wearing the stud belt, which we all fucking had. Um and Mr. Simpson, like, brings up the Joey thing, and Craig is, like, weird about it. And he's like, you know, you're going to break Joey's heart if you keep talking about him not being your dad. And Ashley's like, so I'm going to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and she, like, pieces out, and, like, Snake is trying to talk some sense into Craig. But actually, I think right before this, Paige finds Spinner in the cafeteria and is like, I'm sorry, um, I'm going to get a job. I'm going to like pay you back. And he's like, I hope it was worth it. And she's like, it definitely made me feel better. But then the police arrive and Spinner gets arrested. And then, and then Paige like goes home after school. I'm like, why is there like not more of a sense of urgency that your boyfriend has been arrested? But I guess she doesn't know where he is because then he calls her and she's like, you did not make me your one phone call. And he's like, no, but I just wanted to let you know that Dean pressed charges. He like took down my license plate number. He doesn't know it was you. Like you've been through enough. You don't like, I just wanted to let you know that you're safe. And then like his mom gets to the station and he has to hang up. And yeah, I mean, this is the best that Spinner has been this episode, really. Like he's like, you've been through enough this year. Like he's mad at her, but he's not going to rat her out. And he's like, I just, you know, you've had a rough time, <laughs> which is like fucking no duh. But also like, okay, Spinner, like you're doing an okay job now at like being a human. We're like almost proud of you, but you were still garbage at the beginning of this whole deal. But I feel like all of Spinner is just like being on a learning curve. Um, but yeah, so then um, we're back with Craig. I just want to get the Craig stuff out of the way because I just don't care about it. And okay. I want to end on page. Um I just, I just don't give a shit about the Craig story. Like, I know that I should, and I feel for Joey, but whatever. Um, so Craig comes home, and Joey's like, where were you? And he was like, I'm just getting my guitar and some clothes, and I'm going back to Sean's. 
and Joey is basically like, Craig, I'm going to maybe lose my business. Like, we're, we're struggling. And he's like, well, why didn't you say anything? Why did you just, like, get weird and then ask me for money? Which, like, is super fair. And Joey's like, I don't know. I didn't want to put this on you. And, and he's like, I handled it wrong. And we're all like, yeah, but kind of everyone did. I don't know. Nobody won. But they've, like, come to an agreement, I guess. I don't know. I don't really understand, like, what they ended on, except that, like, Craig now knows what's happening. End of story? Yeah, I think he's like, I'll sell my guitar. Like, I want to give you all my money. And Joey's like, no, I don't want you to give me all your money. I just, like, Ugh. yeah, they don't really ever, like, agree on what's going to happen. But Craig is now, like, knows what's happening, and he wants to help. And Joey says something really adorable. Like, he's like, I know you want to be, like, a big rock star one day, but, like... I want the dealership to be there for you just in case. And it's so cute. And Joey loves Craig so much. And it's it ends on a, like, a happy note. I guess. I don't know. Who cares? Anyway, so Paige is now walking towards the police station because she's going to come clean because she's awesome. And she sees Dean. And Dean is like, I'm going to kill your boyfriend, blah, blah, blah. And she's just grinning. And she's like, I did it. And he's like, <laughs> what and then irony of all ironies he's like i'm gonna take you to court and like i just want her to be like why you don't have any proof but (laughs) she didn't but i'm like that would have been so much funnier um but she's like well you know i'm just gonna beat you to it and come clean because that's what you do when you do something wrong you own up to it and we're all like yeah get it do you get it do you see the parallel (laughs) dean do you get it um but yeah, I don't know. She just like has this beautiful triumphant moment where he's like mad and she's like clearly just like over she I mean she's never going to be over it. But she's like she's not like tormented by him anymore and she's like I have better things to do right now and she goes and comes clean and it's awesome. And she's just fucking triumphant like an eagle soaring through the breeze. I don't know. I'm like obsessed with Paige in this moment. Yeah, she basically tells him to fuck off with every single word that she says, and I'm loving every moment of it. And he's like, oh, I'm going to prove that you did it. And she's like, fuck you. I'm going to come clean because that's what good people do. I am tired of talking to you. I don't want to talk to you anymore. Please go away. Oh, I think he's like, because of you, I didn't get into that frat. Like, da-da-da. And he's, she's like, basically like, I do not care. I am bored with you. Go away. I don't want to talk to you anymore. And it's great. So then the episode ends with after she has come clean, she comes to Spinner's house and he's like trying to fix his car, his poor totaled car. And Paige comes up and she's like, so I lost my license. That was exciting. And I have a year of a community service. And Spinner's like, oh, teaching anger management. And she's like, oh, yeah, I'd be good at that. And they're like, Kind of, jo- and he's like, "So, did you come here to make jokes?" And she's like, "No." Um, she's like, "I'm sorry that I hurt you, and I'm sorry that I hurt your car. Um, I don't really know what else to say. Um, I really do want to help pay it off." And she basically is just like, "I want to get over this." And then she's she asks him out. She's like, "So, will you please go out with me?" And he like kind of melts. And she's like, he's like, 
she's like, you want like double feature, whatever the fuck. I don't know. And he's like, maybe the car will be fixed by them. And then she's super adorable and is like, like grabs a wrench and just like wrench and he melts and she's happy and they're smiley and they're they make up and Paige wins the episode forever. Paige is the winner of all the things. <laughs> she's cute and funny and she def- like beats her demons even if she doesn't beat them in court. I don't know. Good episodes. Excellent jumping point to season four. Agreed. I don't think we really need to go into Spirit Squad Captain because I think it is obviously Paige for everything that we just said. Duh and or hello. Um, <laughs> who is your ship of the episode? I guess I'm going to go with Paige and Spinner because even though Spinner is like a dummy for most of the episode, when he is good, he is very he is a very good boyfriend to Paige and Paige still just loves him so much even though she, like, crashes his car. They're, like, this is a rough patch for them, but I think they have come through it, and I just know that it's not going to be like this for very long, so I'm just going to say them. What about you? Um, I'm going to say Dylan and Marco, because they were around sometimes and very <laughs> sweet together, and I didn't like Spinner for a lot of these, so I just, I just... I'm I'm very like team page by herself right now. So yeah. I'm going with Dylan and Marco. Plus I wasn't here for their first date, so I need at least like a <laughs> few episodes of me like shipping them really hard before like it all goes to shit. Yeah, they're also like on a ticking time bomb. Um moral of the episode. Um rape culture rape culture is real and it's awful. Um like don't like stand your ground and i don't know stand your ground stand up to bullies the justice system is broken (laughs) um and also yeah i mean just do the right thing and stand up for yourself but do the right thing have the moral high ground um i mean Oh, we have, we actually, we have some funny YouTube comments, so let's do that. Lighten the mood. Um, so my, one of my, all right, so my favorite for part one is, uh, from Valerie Marie two months ago, and she says, wow, Craig gets 10 grand and Ashley comes back and starts talking to him. Hashtag gold digger. (laughs) Great. And then our favorite from part two is from 1k with no videos two months ago and it says and it's in reference to the trial and they say how is there no evidence why didn't they just show them the episode and kelsey and i laughed at that for a while we needed to be cheered up (laughs) because this episode is a lot easier to watch than shout but it's still rough um So we have a little bit of grapevine, we have some tweets, and we have um, another iTunes review, so let's get those tweets up and ready to go. So we have one tweet from Sandra Sanchez, at Sandra Sanchez, um, and she says, I just binged all 14 seasons, the last half is not even a little bit as good as the OG cast, love your podcast, which 
thank you. Um, but mostly, I just wanted to comment on the amazing gift that she <laughs> included, which is like, it's JT and Mia holding hands, which were they ever a couple? I can't remember. Yeah, Apparently they were. <laughs> I don't remember. Liberty standing next to them with her arms crossed looking like pouty, but she looks good. Um, Ellie standing with Craig like very coupley. Um, they look they great, even though... No, they were. No. They were coupley. They weren't a couple. But they were coupley. Yeah, but she was his drummer. She was his drummer. Yeah, but she was like moony over Craig and... He was like, you're my friend. And it was awkward. Do I just have like no memory of this? <laughs> I don't know. And then like off to like, and then like the gift like scrolls away. And then it's like Emma and Sean like standing together coupley. And Sean has his hair slicked all the way back, which I forgot was a thing. And it's a bad look for him. So we have that one, which is funny. And then we also have another one. Um, from Trisha Biswas. Trisha, we talk to you like every week and I don't know how to pronounce your last name. <laughs> so I'm sorry if I keep fucking it up. Um, but it's at TB Trisha T-E-E. Um, and then she says, the music for our house is used for a pharmacy in Australia called Chemist Warehouse. <laughs> Two crying laughing emojis. Which I told you, it's used in commercials all the time. Um, and that is it. For tweets, um, if you want to tweet at us, we're at Degrassi Pod, and we'll give all the other spiels after Holland does this iTunes review. So we have an iTunes review from my cousin Carly. If you remember, if you listened to the episode that she was on, she was very sad that she hasn't gotten a fan fiction because she left a review um, before we started doing fan fictions. And so she left one in like June. Um, so I'm going to make up a fan fiction for her because frankly, she deserves it. And I already know who I'm going to ship with her. Okay. So a Mr. Peter Stone, who we all know is in some dumb band with Sav and company. They have been like touring. They like just got back from like a long tour they're exhausted, and Peter decides that he needs to get away. He needs to take a vacation. He needs to take an island vacation somewhere tropical. And guess what? Carly, you are also vacationing at the same place at the same time. And while you're lying out on the beach reading a book, he walks past you, and he... You guys lock eyes and you notice each other for like a little bit too long, but then he walks away because it would be weird if like a stranger talked to you while you were reading on the beach. But then later that night, there's like a luau or something at the hotel that everyone is at. Everyone's chatting. You've had a couple cocktails. Everyone's having a good time. And then you notice each other across the room and then you start talking and then you start dancing and he's very impressed by your dance moves because you are a dancer. And then you just start talking for hours and hours. You take a walk on the beach. You learn everything about each other. And the night ends with a magical kiss. And then throughout the entire vacation, you guys are just attached at the hip. You guys are making out a bunch. You guys are having just like a vacation whirlwind romance 
And that is my fan fiction for you. Magnificent. You guys, the thing is, we like musicians and (laughs) most of our listeners like the musician characters. So we're trying to not do so many like, you fell in love because of music. (laughs) Um, We're working on it. It's a learning curve. But I think that that was an excellent fan fiction. Carly, you should be appreciative and you should text Holland and be like, thank you. That was magic. (laughs) So you guys, if you want your own fan fiction, fucking review us on iTunes because we like that stuff, man. Rate and review. If it's nice, we will give you a fan fiction. If it's not that nice, we will still give you a fan fiction but it maybe won't be as nice like maybe you guys won't end up together i don't know or maybe like (laughs) you won't be so like empowered woman or man i don't know we'll figure something out but i don't i don't know i feel bad i don't want to blackmail you just just maybe we'll just give you someone who's not your first choice i don't know i don't know we can give you your second choice or something we're still gonna be nice about it (laughs) but like we'll just give you your second choice whatever um no, I'm just kidding. Just write and review. It doesn't matter what you say. We just we just like it. Um, we're at Degrassi Pod on Twitter. You can send us an email, which we really like. Uh, whatever it takes podcast at gmail.com. Ask us some cues. We'll give you some A's. We're into it. Um, and we're also on Tumblr, whatever it takes podcast.tumblr.com and SoundCloud. Um you can like like and comment and whatever on there too. Um, and you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Kelsucks with a Z at the end. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Hollandtacular. And Kelsey, what are you going to be plugging today? Um, I'm actually it's like not like a hidden thing, but the fourth season of Brooklyn Nine Nine just came out and it is already perfect in every way. So fucking go watch that shit. Oh, I love that show. Um, I'm going to plug an Instagram slash like an actual kind of store type of thing that I discovered recently via the Cuts Instagram. It's called Strange Women's Society. And it's basically this cool store that designs like pins and T-shirts and et cetera that basically it's just like very like women empowering very cool um like kind of like mystically looking too they have like these little cauldrons that say magic babes on them um they have pins that just say like strange women society and for every dollar of your like a dollar of every one of your purchases goes to like a women centric um charity or foundation and it's just like like I would just suggest like following them on Instagram because they're really cool. Very, very cool. Um, and I think that's it for us. Uh, thank you for listening. Are you ready for fucking season four? Let's do this. Bye, Panthers. Bye, Panthers. <laughs>